You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also find us on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you'll find links to not only this show, but all of our other shows, including Cinematic Adventures and MF Uncensored. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul. With me in the studio today is Ronnie. Ronnie, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I see you've gotten closer to your mic. I have. It's a much much better than the sound check. Very buttery. <laughs> and also, Rob. Rob, how are you tonight? I'm not as buttery as Ronnie, but I'm still doing all right. <laughs> I feel like buttery is a really weird way to describe a person, but there we are, especially because this is going to be a weird episode. Oh, a very, yes. very dark, dark, what weird episode. Dark episode. Yeah. So we should first also add that we are see we are recording this uh, on a later hour than we're used to recording. And so I think everyone's a little punchy. And they all just came out of the movie theater, too. So they're even punchier for that. Oh, yeah. Feeling okay, actually. Oh, yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll, see. we'll <laughs> see how this discussion goes with this episode. Because uh, we are we are talking the long-awaited? No. No. Just stop it right there. The, uh, the I, I oft, the, oft delayed. Yes. The month. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I, would say I, would, I would argue long-awaited. We yeah. have been waiting to see this movie. That's true. Yeah. Morbius. And I am super excited to discuss this because I actually do have a fondness for the character. And I am prepared to defend three points in this movie. And oh, that's pretty much boy. it. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's going to be interesting. But as always, let's start off with some news. Rob, what do you got? All right. So, well, first of all, I'll go in order here. The news last week during the Academy Awards... Superhero movies did not take down anything. The only thing that was really taken down was Chris Rock, and that was about it. Hold on, I'm I'm just I'm reading something something about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Nothing. I'm getting there. It's in it's okay, in my okay, list just here. Just making sure. So the since you bring it up, he was talking about real awards. Uh, yeah, real awards. So it's more than any of us have. The Oscar. Well, I got some. The Oscars <laughs> did a best cheer moment of all time award. And you could vote for anything you wanted. And so the the top five things that came in was number five was Bullet Time with The Matrix, which, okay, all right. Dream Girls, the song I'm Telling You I'm Not Going, which it's oh, that was the other one. good, yeah. but it's not whatever. Yeah. Number three was the Avengers Assemble moment. Okay, yeah, that is. Number two was the three Spider-Man team up. So we're not exactly looking at a lot of Oscar, you know, winning films like, you know, Godfather saying, I'll give him make him an offer you can't refuse or something like yeah. that. And then the number one cheerworthy moment is the Flash enters the Speed Force from Zack Snyder's Justice League. It, now, they don't get an actual award, but on IMDb, it does say Academy Award-winning Justice League now. And I don't know how to respond to this because I... I, I was reading the Twitter responses to this, and people were saying, like, you know, not a day goes by that I don't think about the the Flash entering the Speed Force, or, you know, this is a moment I'll be telling my kids about. Nobody, I don't even know what moment they're talking about, to be honest. Do you want to comment on this? You're staring me down. No, I'm, I'm listening intently, because I knew there was going to be a lot of hate. No, you really don't know what part of the movie that is? <sighs> it, it's when the... I know, it's when he enters the Speed Force. Well, it, it turns back time. 
like basically all the heroes die and the flash runs back in time do you remember that movie i mean that moment that movie yes the in movie, that yeah. moment yeah do you remember that moment yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's Does a, it stand they, out as one as the best all right, movie hold on, moment? Hold on, hold on. Go ahead. I, I do believe you asked me my opinion, oh, and then you yes, you chose to step away after I gave you an explanation. I will always defend Zack Snyder and, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. I love it. I, I think it's, it's also a, a testament to the power of the fandoms. And having said that, <laughs> having said that, I... I understand that Zack Snyder is not everybody's cup of tea, and he is not the best director in the world. Visually, he'll always kill it. I mm-hmm. love seeing his visual work, and he's really good at it. I will, I will submit that it is not. It shouldn't have won. No. I, I will, in all honesty, Avengers Assemble or the Three Spider Men should have won. The, the issue we're going to run into is. The fandom's so strong. There is a, a rabid, toxic fandom. I wouldn't even call it a toxic fandom. Well, they did vote for... Ar- what is the name of his other movie on Netflix? Army of, Army, Army of Dead. Army... Something like that. Yeah, Army we don't, see, we don't even know. I didn't watch and, it. You're right. But no, I, I don't call Zack Snyder fans toxic because in all honesty, they've never... They don't talk down to the other fandoms. Okay, fair. They're not. They're not like Star Wars fans. That's true. Where like Star they Wars fans just troll. Hate, Star Wars fans hate Star Wars yeah. half the time. Mm-hmm. You know, in all honesty, we'll we'll all say that we hated Joss Whedon's Justice League. Yeah. We were nice to it when it first happened because we were just surprised it happened and right. given the circumstances at the time. But in all honesty, um, you yeah. know, the, I, the Snyder fan base they're they're very passionate and yeah. they they're surprisingly organized very highly organized and they got validation because they they were right there always was a snyder cut it always existed it was pretty much done and i i would say that the reason it got the the best cheer moment is not only because of the fandom but also because of this just the story behind the movie itself i think say what you will about it but the fact that it happened and the fact that it was real and mm-hmm. all these things, it's, it is yeah, a testament yeah. to to fans and the power of fandoms. It's a huge triumph for them. It's a triumph and also for filmmakers who studios we, – we've talked at nauseum about the studio – what was that? The air cut. Yeah, let that release be nice. the air cut. But we we've talked so much about how studio interference has been such a big issue, especially in comic book movies. Yeah. But um, it wasn't mainly with enough. DC though. Mainly with yeah. DC and Warner Brothers. So speaking of of rabid fandoms, there is a toxic fandom. This uh, news item was brought to me by our good friend and Brendan. He pointed this out that apparently, well, Moon Knight came out this week, mm-hmm. and there was a mention in Moon Knight, and I have to go back and watch it uh, for this moment, where they mention an Armenian genocide. And the, apparently now there are a lot of Armenians that are critic bombing Moon Knight online <laughs> yes. to try and drive down the I score. That, yeah. yeah, so I, I I have to look more into it, but it's it's an it's an example of you know people who didn't see the or who did aren't aren't focused on the quality of the show, but are just latching onto one moment. Did, um, did everybody watch it? By the way, I, I, did. I did. Yeah, did you? I, I yeah, without Quick spoiling. Thoughts? Without spoiling anything, I thought it was a solid start to the to the show. My review should be coming out as you're listening to this. Yeah, so. yeah. just uh, it's right underneath this Peacemaker review. Yes. Yeah, right. Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Marvel show. I'd be the done only, quick. I have to say, I would have done Peacemaker if they didn't release three episodes all at once. <laughs> if Moon Knight released three episodes all at once, I'd had trouble reviewing that's fair. that. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Oh, a thousand percent. Cause um, I was. Mm. You mm. were tepid. I, I, you say solid. I'm assuming that means like it was all right. I, I enjoyed it. They I, they take some liberties with the character. They're really they're kind of leaning more into the magic side, which is weird because Moon Knight was never like he was. He's not a magic character. I, I think yeah. they're gonna probably make it more folklorish kind of. Than but magic, no, like in, yeah. in the comics, Moon Knight had no powers. Oh, okay. I like see. he was basically just 
Batman. Dissociative identity Batman. Yeah. Other items. We have Ryan Coogler now is involved in the Ironheart show, mm. which we don't have any more details other than that. That's just exciting to know that, you know, Black Panther's Ryan Coogler, who also just has a fabulous track record with everything he does, is now going to be involved in that. Blue Beetle has added Sharon Stone onto their cast as Victoria Cord. As long as she's better than uh, she was in Catwoman. I, I have still have yet to see Catwoman, and I can't wait till August. We got an official, and then our final bit here, we got an official word from James Gunn that the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is coming this Christmas, mm-hmm. and it will be taking place between the timeline between Guardians 2 and 3. So it is not a, a prequel. It is not a, a isolated thing. It's going to apparently be a, a continuity, mini yeah, mini continuity bridge or something <laughs> like that. I hope Thor's in it. Yeah, so I don't know what we're going to be getting. but And now there's also rumors that I Am Groot is going to be coming out around September. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So I think this Daddy, might be this might be uh, the, the, the winter of James Gunn. In all honesty, if they wanted to troll us so hard when they finally released like a trailer for I Am Groot, when it says coming like coming soon, it just says I Am Groot underneath that instead of an actual date. Like, oh, you savages. And unless I missed something, that wraps up the news. Ronnie, you have anything? Any, any new news? No, news is good news. We welcome Ronnie back to the show. He's a different man now. That's news. He he is no longer Bachelor Ronnie. Congratulations, Thank and you. from all our fans too. Congratulations Thank to Ronnie so for tying the knot. And yes. ladies, he is off the table now. Yeah, he's sitting now. Next I'm to sitting it, in the chair. Yeah, sitting in the chair. <laughs> I will point out that I think it was incredibly selfish that right after getting married, Ronnie's like, "I'm just going to take two episodes off." Like, yeah, he was gone. Right. Yeah, we had like, to do it cool. ourselves. Cool. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, I thought that somebody had to work on the nights we usually record. Yeah, he cited yeah. love as a reason. <laughs> But yes, congratulations to Ronnie, and we're so sorry to Jackie. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> but all right, so before we jump into it, because apparently Rob has this entire thing scripted. Oh, I got this. So before we do that, just very quick initial thoughts, no spoilers, and then we'll go to a commercial and then jump into Rob's like actual structured event. All right. So as always, we, we, we won't spoil anything from the movie. But until after the commercial. Until after the commercial <laughs> break. So basically, Morbius is the story of the character Michael Morbius, also known as the Living Vampire. Now, Ronnie, do you have any pre-knowledge of Morbius before this movie? No. I figure that's why I started with you. Rob? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. So my... My biggest, you probably have more than we do. My biggest source of knowledge is not only from from basic comic book stuff. I was never a Morbius fan. I, I liked him in the Maximum Carnage series, but that's pretty much it. But like a lot of kids in the '90s, it was from the Spider-Man animated show, and he was a very big part of it. And he was he was he was in a lot of it, like almost like a season regular at one point. And he does transform into the Living Vampire. But it's funny because the show was so heavily censored that. They gave him these like weird, like uh, squid like um, suction cups on his yeah. hands, and that's mm-hmm. how he drained people. But they couldn't say blood. That's how censored the show was. They couldn't say blood, so they kept mm. saying plasma. <laughs> <laughs> that he's hungry for plasma, and it was it's very, it was interesting. But he was he was a great character on the show. You get to see him change from like rival to Peter Parker as Michael, and then turn into the Living Vampire, and then turn into anti-hero Living Vampire. Team up with Blade, like. Blade was in the the Spider-Man show, in the show that they couldn't use guns or, or talk about blood. There's Blade and Morbius flying around killing vampires. But so for me, that that was really my my biggest source of knowledge. So I have a, a little bit of familiarity with the character, but not 
too much. I have a figure at home that I got years ago of him, Morbius, and, and that's all I really know about him is what he looked like. Oh, and also, like, I, I think he used to be in the Superhero Squad video game online when yeah. I used to play with Timmy when he was, like, five years old. <laughs> all right, so before we go to our commercial break, this could be rough. Initial thoughts, without spoilers, on this movie. Who wants to go first? You can go. You can go. Okay. In college, there was a set of stone steps near my dorm. And at one point, I, I used to drive down the steps really fast on my bicycle. And there was one day where I, I dropped something. And so I put on the brakes. And when I did that, I, I, I fell on the stairs and my bike flipped over and I broke like a bone in half in my hand. I would rather do that 10 more times than to have to watch this film because that was slightly less painful. Well, there are 24 bones in the human hand. I actually have 25 in this yeah. hand now. One broke right in half. And I would rather break... All of them. That, that was a joke from the movie. <laughs> oh, like, oh, that's right. He does. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it was twenty-seven. I don't know. I was, it I was, was so horrible. I I can't begin to, to. So that's why I when I was watching it, I wrote prolifically. So I can't wait to share with stuff that I have written down here with you guys, and it's going to come. It's it's stuff that's going to draw things out of you, Ronnie. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to save the best for last. I know that's why. That's why I threw it over to you. <laughs> he, he, no, yeah, you are last. He no, he didn't give his. No, thoughts. I would. Be, I would be last. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want? You want to go for it? I'll go before you. Yeah, because I want to save the best review for last. Yeah, yeah, sure. This movie is a bit of a mess. More. This movie suffers from the the script. I have no problem with Leto's performance in it. I have no problem with any of the cast per se. You know, Tyrus Gibson's in this, but. Does it need to be Tyrus Gibson? It could be anyone. But Jared Leto and and Matt Smith, they they both put in. They they bring the, their their game to it. Is it their A game? Probably not, but they they do commit to the roles. And there are there are some good moments in this and some good visuals in this. A lot of good work with colors. I really enjoyed the, some of the color choices that they did. But it does turn into a mess, and the, the script is nonsensical at points. Like you you under basically they have here's our story, but it's just getting through it. It's very it, the the script is very janky. It's it's like it's a lot of just shots put together, and the flow is very off. And then it came out on April Fool's Day. Oh yeah, that's just makes point. it even better. And there there is a, a very big point of contention, which both myself and I'm sure the host, the other hosts, and and the fandom are feeling about a certain cameo. We'll in get it. to that. But uh, Ronnie, I, I enjoyed it. I don't know. I thought say, I thought just it was April Fool's. Just say it. I thought I actually no. thought it wasn't that bad. I'm sorry, please turn my microphone off. I'm no, done no, here. Just let, just let the him, show. Let him. Let him. Let him just let it out. I was yeah. told not to come home again if either one of you liked this, and I stay. I no, but in all seriousness, I found it. I think the word for me is going to be interesting. I think this was an interesting movie. There Rob, are there Rob's are nose is bleeding. No, no. Oh God, there are. <laughs> Some things that I did like about the movie. Now, now that I'm thinking of it, there are a couple things that I did like about the movie, but overall... Paul and I can't make eye contact right now. <laughs> I'm telling we're you, just o- over, overall, this was a great movie to come out on April Fool's Day because Sony came up with the best prank ever for everyone by releasing this movie. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, a very divided table today. So we're gonna take I, not that divided. We're just on the same. We're on this. It's divided. Wait, maybe. Wait. Wait. Hold on. <laughs> I just agreed with you guys. 
So we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> I literally finished with this is the greatest prank. <laughs> Alright. Alright. I just much like this movie, I had trouble following your plot. <laughs> well, because at first I was joking. But then you that's didn't why throw I said, it in April Fools. I told you to throw in the April Fools. We, uh, you already, know es- I, we already established it's April Fools. I know, we'll, but we'll you cut know it I, out in post. Uh, no, we won't. <laughs> Come on now. But you know I hang on your every word, Ronnie. Alright, so with that, we are gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we are gonna break down. This movie, full spoilers, but first, a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks from Rep Sports. Whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up, Ray's Energy is just the boost that you're going to need. So if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order, enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout to receive 15% off. Anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow, and we fully, fully appreciate everything you guys do. That's MISFIT89 at checkout, repsports.com. All right, we are back, and I'm going to be turning the microphone (laughs) over to Rob, who's going to do a structured breakdown of this movie, and we're all scared. Okay, so I think one of the things that I've been reading the most, and one of the things that we've both, all three of us have cited, is is it was really nonsensical. It was like a collection of scenes that maybe individually make sense, but when put together, don't. So I have here... And kind I did, of like, can I, I interrupt Go a bit? right ahead. Kind of like Batman vs. Superman. Go, Please explain. So we always talk about how the editing of the movie ruined the movie. Okay. We, we like the storylines that were involved mm-hmm. in it, but the way that, they, that it was put together just didn't really make sense and flow. Okay. Kind of like, in, right. in a way, kind yeah, of like Yeah, in a this. way, because there is some editing yeah. issues, and, and and there's some also, like, huge script issues, too. I'm not too. talking about the director's cut. Ah, uh, he's going to... Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, the director's cut of Batman vs. Superman is much better storytelling-wise. I will give it that. I'd be curious to see, because, unfortunately, this is not an MCU movie. This is a Sony movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would be very curious to see what kind of... What was left on the cutting room floor, because... You watch any of the trailers? There was a lot of stuff missing. I, yeah. yeah. In fact, I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to, because I, I did not go and see it with them. I saw it the night before. And I then, after I watched it, went to watch the trailers. And there is a significant amount that's not mm-hmm. in the trailer. I mean, that's that's in the trailer that's not in the film. And I'm curious if that was from, from reshoots, from uh, like a marketing plan itself, because obviously they shot some of those scenes like by the way full spoilers like we're, yeah, full we're going spoilers. yeah the ding, stuff ding, ding. the stuff with michael keaton is not in the movie no like in all the trailers where you see him and that was some of our biggest sources of speculation not in the movie okay kind of. <laughs> so i after i watched i scribbled furiously lots of questions that i have on this movie so i want i'm going to throw these questions at you and i want to see if you can answer these questions cuz this these are the things that didn't make sense and again full spoilers okay so starting from the top ready right tell me what is the disease that milo and morbius have they just i think they just call it a rare blood disease rare they never blood actually disease. No. they never actually uh, specify what it is okay now do this is a, this is one you might be able to answer do both of them have the same disease yes yes okay so what are the symptoms and how bad and painful is it well obviously we know it's very painful cuz we see it in the movie well cuz he says it's painful cuz he says it's painful and then also wait where is the pain in the whole body everywhere okay the the, the pain is in the whole body and so I think what it is is it's it's a blood disease. 
That's that's no seriously. No, no, I'm laughing because we can't narrow it down any more than that. So so it's a blood disease, and I think basically what it is, it's just it gets you more hypersensitive to pain, and because my my assumption is based off of my medical degree that I don't have, (laughs) is it doesn't help with the flow of the oxygen throughout your blood and through your bones and everything so it makes your bones weaker and it makes you feel I, more pain. I have pain. a feeling it has something to do with coagulation because they do specifically mention that the mm-hmm. reason they need the bat is because of the bat saliva and they have to flush out the blood constantly like okay. they have so there there are plenty of things that require dialysis like that so yeah. I, I think they just it's just easier for them to just be like rare Ge- blood generic disease. blood rare disease okay uh, where are morbius and milo's parents nobody knows they send them to the doctor to get more help because they could not provide it. But they never visit them. Why would they? Well, in all honesty, <laughs> we, we don't see we don't see this childhood. And I'm going to assume that uh, Lucian slash Milo, his family is incredibly well off because it do we do we never get the answer about did he make his own fortune after leaving the hospital? So we never get an answer. But when they they keep calling him a surrogate brother, so I think it's safe yeah, to say at yeah. least Milo is orphaned. Okay. Speaking of Milo, why is he nicknamed Milo? Now I know the answer to that is because he says the last guy here was Milo, and the guy before that. Yeah. And the now, how old that. are they when they meet? Would you say? I'd say ten years old. Okay. Well, I when would say th- Michael's ten years old and Milo's younger. Than if him. someone yeah. at the age of ten gives you a nickname. Do you drop your name and just you're called that for the rest of your life? I think by the people closest to him. Right, but mm-hmm. no one calls him Lucian. But Everyone calls him. The L- only three people that refer to him ever by name are Morbius, the Doctor, and Martine. So, and mm-hmm. it seems that Martine and him have some sort of relationship. Okay. So, I think it's fair that they just all call him by his nickname. Okay, so how long are they in the hospital together? Never specified. Right. It seems like yeah. it's, it's a twenty-five very year, brief, twenty-five-year right? time jump. But it, it I looks say, like a day or two. I would say mm, I would, the two of them that, before, that, we, that we see before right. the time jump. I would say a couple of months that they were in the hospital. Okay, because I, I, I actually, and this is going to give it a little away a little bit to me. I rewatched that scene. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I watched it online. I'm sorry. I had to do. I just yeah. keep going. I don't. I don't agree with that. But just I wanted going. to see it. Just let it um, And. They don't show them doing anything together when they're together, and it looks like they're together for like two, three days tops. I think there are scenes missing. There is a scene of the doctor with Jared Leto at that hospital, mm-hmm. or or at least Michael Morbius, and they're they're talking. That scene's not in the movie at all. Okay. I think there's a lot of scenes that maybe show the passage of time a little bit better. But I, I would I would say my just in my interpretation just from seeing it that they were there together for at least a couple of months. Okay, I I would kind of agree with that. I feel like because okay. in, in order to have that relationship where he's like the surrogate brother, right? I feel like you need to have at least. Now they are both. The hospital is where Greece. Greece. Right. How much Greek do you hear throughout the entire zero of it? Right. <laughs> Which is amazing. Even the bullies don't speak Greek in Greece. Apparently. Don't have to answer that. It's one. a boarding school. When did they are Bat- wearing uniforms? <laughs> when did bats become attracted to blood? They're Comic vampire bats. Comic now, books. I yeah, because I actually asked my science kids today this one, and they they said no. It's their bats are attracted to fruit, fruit. so he would yeah. have been better off ha- holding like a, a bunch of bananas. Well, you don't know because he maybe on that helicopter ride he was just shoving fruit down his <laughs> mouth, and then he got. <laughs> My favorite line, too, is when he says, do you need a doctor? And he says, I am a doctor. doctor. Wait, you were on that 
plane the entire time and you didn't talk to him at all and know anything <laughs> about him? You just brought him to the place? But you know what? He With hired he, goons, you don't talk oh, to him. Oh, yeah, that's right. I would also say that Michael Morbius is not the kind of person that refers to himself, oh, it's Dr. No, he does but give, they might say, hey, why are, where are we going? Why? Mm-hmm. No, They know that they're there for an experiment because he okay. specifically says, put the trap there. Okay. It's good that we just saw this movie. It's pretty fresh. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> All right. So Morbius conducts an experiment on mice, right? Mm-hmm. What's the experiment? He just... He, the coagulation with the... To make the... The same blood. serum. Yeah. It's a, just no, a but, test. But, right. But in order to see if it works, you have to test it on someone who's got the same disease you do. Do these mice I think have he was actually disease? just. I think he was just testing it to make sure it wasn't completely lethal to a living being. That and I think it. I think just but, compatibility between cells. But then, how does he know it even works? Because he 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 claims, oh, it works. And how does he know it works? Because because it doesn't die. Because the mice, the, the mouse comes back to life. So then, it must work. It works in the sense that it didn't kill the mouse. But does that mean it works? As far as we know, I mean, isn't that how science always works? Oh, right, I forgot. So wh- here's another question, big one. What exactly are his powers? Vampire stuff. Super strength, super speed. Okay, sure. I wouldn't. I, I don't know about necessarily super speed. I, I guess you could say super. Oh speed. yeah, no. He so super speed, super so strength. When, when does it kick in though? It doesn't seem to kick in all the time. I think it depends it's, on how fed he is. I think what is it's, how what how fed he is. They specifically it's, say that. Yeah. Oh, fed, fed. Like okay. how how what kind of blo- the blue blood? They specifically said didn't make him as strong. He had just fed on the red mm-hmm. blood, and that's when his powers were at their peak. Okay. I, th- I think it's almost like a fight or flight instinct when that fight or flight instinct kicks in okay. that's and, when it kind of takes and over this his takes body. place over the course of only a couple only a week he specifically yeah. says it's been yeah. a long week so i like that was a big thing i had trouble figuring out is what exactly are the two of them their their powers like i know they've got the what, what is it with the ears echolocation, echolocation, echolocation which i thought was done well i i like well I, all right like some of the I, visuals i have a question that. on echolocation here mm-hmm. uh echolocation involves which of the senses hearing why do his eyes go all funny then? Well, it's kind of like the spidey sense. Yeah, he, but has to, he has to interpret the sound that he's getting. and that's yeah. probably, With his eyes? And that's probably the best visual way to do it. Why not have his ears wiggle or something? They you, do. You do. You see like the hair follicles just for an aesthetic. Okay. Is getting, Are we going to nitpick everything? Is getting ripped muscles a side effect of the drug? Yes. Why didn't the mouse get ripped muscles? We didn't see it. It took time. Oh, so it could have been a strong mouse. It could have been. He needed uh, to feed. Yeah. All right. How is he able to fly? He rides the winds. That's comic books. Okay. That's from the comic so books. He doesn't actually fly, and that's why you see him reacting when the winds they blowing. They should have explained that because I didn't know that. How would – I mean it was just a visual thing. How are they going to explain it? Who is he going to explain it He could it have to? said it's like, I, oh, the wind. I can feel it. And he then does. take he off. D- he does that. He doesn't say that though. I just, did, he reaches up in front of a subway on. car. Visual storytelling isn't a medium anymore? When you have to explain it to your they audience, show it you the, should. They show it in the prior scene with the wind blowing behind him and him reacting to it. When he's on top of the building. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Why does he have black shadow trails following him when he moves? The other one does too. Yeah, it, why? It, it's purely it, just it's, an aesthetic. It's, what, it's what he's wearing. Because if you notice when he's got like the purple undercoat, okay. you see the purple streaks. When he's in the jumpsuit, it's orange. It's kind of like when the flash runs. Okay. All right. So why does his face change? Because that's uh, in keeping with the comic bad. book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's his comic book appearance. What does Milo want? He just wants to live. I, I think he wants to live, but also I feel like in a way kind of 
more psychologically get revenge for the treatment that he got from when he was a kid, you know, with the bullies. He's got a lot of anger. You yeah. see him as a kid. As a kid, you see when he freaks out on that bully. Yeah. When you crotch and he hates him. But he doesn't freak out on the guy who bumps him in the bar. He kills him two minutes later. No, he doesn't. Yes. He's, he kills them all in the parking lot. Oh, right, 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 right. He does kill them all in the parking lot. I did forget that. But I still don't know. Like, like in every movie, like, the, the main villain wants something. All right, so, so I don't easy un- enough. Yeah. First, he wants his cure. He wants to be... Right, right. Quote, and then that's normal, what, then he gets but bad. But he gets in his mind something better. And instead mm-hmm. of fighting against it like Morbius does, he embraces it. So okay. for for Morbius, they kind of went with more of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type thing where he he says mm-hmm. more than once, he's like, I feel like there's this monster inside of me and it keeps trying to come out. He's fighting it, where, whereas Milo wow. just embraces it. Okay. And almost him and the monster just kind of fuse. That's why there are plenty of scenes where he's just naturally going into that aesthetic. Okay, there's also plenty of scenes with Milo with him dancing. Now, is that the monster coming out, or is that a side effect of vampirism? Probably both. Okay. Let's take a look at the subway station chase. You know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? So it starts out with Morbius chasing Milo, right? But then all of a sudden, it somehow reverses into Milo chasing Morbius, and he mm-hmm. runs away. What? Why? I I think what it was was so they're chasing, and then they're getting arrested, right? And I think Morbius is more just trying to get away from the situation. This way, he's not associated with what's happening, right? And then Milo and starts following. He's also trying. To, he also him. tries to reason with Milo too. Like yeah, he's yeah. trying. He literally stops to, him, and he's yeah. like, "I don't want to fight you." He's trying not to fight him, so I think he's just doing the. Being the bigger man and walking away from the fight because he knows, but he that also he can't control. He also Milo. knows he has to stop. He has to get physical with Milo to just talk to him about what's happening because mm-hmm. this is right after he found out that Milo took the the cure. Okay, yeah. So, all right. There's another. There's a scene. It's, it's see if you remember this. Agent Rodriguez, mm-hmm. the, the sidekick, he he is told to keep an eye on what Martine. That's Martine. 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 But. So, so there, this this is the way. The, just so you discuss the editing, this is how it goes. He, the the Tyrese says to him, "I want you to keep an eye, an eye on on Martine," and it's at night, and so we see her up in her room. She's typing or doing something, and and Milo is watching her. Mm-hmm. We don't see Agent Rodriguez. Then it all of a sudden it's day, and she's running down the street, and Agent Rodriguez is is chasing after her to follow her, and she she like disappears into a bodega. What was the purpose of that scene? I, I think, in a way, it was almost to kind of throw you off because you see. Oh, Milo. I was thrown off. That's well, for sure. Well, but what I mean is, so you see Milo stalking her, let's say, right? And then you don't know who's really chasing her until he enters the bodega. So I think she knew that somebody was. Tailing so her, like a bait and switch. Kind yeah. Of. Right. So I also find it interesting that you, you're asking us like we made this movie. <laughs> I feel like I'm being interviewed about a movie. I just made. so then uh, there's a, a couple scenes later. Martine. All right. So first of all, then Milo he goes to the bar, he kills some people in the parking lot, and then he shows up at the lab, and Martine is there too at the lab, mm-hmm. and Milo is waiting there for her just after having killed those people, and she claims she has work to do, and it's even though it's two in the morning. What was the purpose of that scene? I think it was just to track her to know where she's going. Okay, so she, because the he doesn't can keep an eye on yeah, her. Yeah, well, because we also, don't know where exactly doing paperwork at two in the morning. I've done paperwork at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> but also he worked smarter, not harder. What, what about he has a relationship with her? 
what if he went over there and she was like, yeah, he's Michael's down at that lab. Like he's scaring me. Like she could have, he didn't know okay. where, I mean, sometimes it's easier just to go ask. All right. Morbius claims at one point, I'm not a murderer. Right. Mm-hmm. You remember that him saying that? Do do the eight people on the boat not count because they're bad? No, they established that in the movie that they don't count because they're bad. <laughs> yeah, okay, they, that checking. was an actual line. <laughs> yeah, I remember the agent said, yep. "Hey, we didn't care um, about those guys." All right. Well, so so as long well, as we kill bad people, we're, well, we're not murderers. I'm not even saying. Are that. you okay with that? That's just a joke in the oh, movie. Okay. But in all honesty, they, Milo specifically says that he doesn't like when that first kill happens. He blacks out. Like he doesn't. He barely remembers it. Morbius. Like didn't really remember. He didn't remember what happened on the boat, until and he says he that the, until he watched the video, video footage, and he's like, "What? What just happened?" Like, yeah. so I think in that initial transformation, it wasn't. And then again, that's what happens when you have a character with multiple personalities. Like, who's who's at fault? Is it the the one person? Like, mm-hmm. so that. On, on a side note, since since you mentioned the the freighter, there is a mention in the trailer. I don't know if you guys remember this, where they say Michael Morbius, you washed up. On a an aban- on a trailer no on a what, what's the the, b- the boat thing called the uh, freight 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 yeah on freighter. a freighter you were missing for two weeks and you washed up on a freighter with eight people oh yeah that is not in the movie at yeah, all yeah I think we're and just that's gonna not have to even what happened pl- we're that's just, not even what happened we're just gonna have to disregard the trailers completely <laughs> okay. so Morbius tells the pl- oh here I forgot this Morbius takes over a lair then from a group of counterfeiters armed counterfeiters why wouldn't they return and take it back from him. I think they just too scared. Well, also this world. So that scene does establish that in this world there are superpowered beings. He mentions Venom by name, so that means Venom That's is my a next no- question. Which it doesn't make sense. It's purely because it is the Sony yeah. Marvel yeah. Uh, Marvel light. Because he says to him, he claim, he says, "I am Venom." Why? And that guy re- because I think he was that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> That was supposed in to be the a, trailer was a joke. It was better in the trailer because right. then he laughs. He's like, I'm just kidding. I'm like, I'm yeah. Yeah. But, but in, um in the movie in it's menacing. Honesty, it's very menacing. And well, I think it's to scare him so they don't come back because they know this guy is super super powered. But they have somewhat. guns. But how many times I think it's actually cops, the, and there's more of them. Did, didn't all those cops have guns? And mm-hmm. he didn't I get think hit it's actually once? the smartest thing ever was dealing with the superpower. Actually, it's the second smartest when Iron Man 3, here you go. Here's mm-hmm. one of your favorites. Right. Go ahead. When Tony Stark's getting his armor back, like yeah. piece by piece, and one of the henchmen come in, and he's got a gun, but he's yeah. like, you know what? They're so weird. I'm out of here. This yeah. is so strange. Sometimes henchmen can be can be smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Morbius tells the police not to let him get hungry because they wouldn't like him when he's hungry. Did Marvel rent out portions of that line from Bruce Banner? Yes. yes. Okay. Just checking. Uh, Even though in the MCU continuity, he never said it. Okay, fair enough. Edward Norton um, says in Spanish, I believe he tries yeah. to say, yeah, you wouldn't I, like me when, when I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah. yeah. So at one point, Morbius and Martine fall in love. Yes. Why? Because they're both attractive. <laughs> I, I think, well, because they always had that relationship before he was... You could tell that she had... She, vampire or whatever. It, it's I, not well written at Like all, I said, but... I went back in the movie and I rewound stuff and I rewatched things. And there was nothing to me that indicated there was any attraction if there was the ever, If there was like a longing look that she had... And obviously, she, like she says it, I, I was there for you. Yeah. Like, so it, I, the seeds were very poorly planted. I, 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 think it, I think it wasn't physical. I think it was just more like the emotional and mental connection that okay. they had. And obviously, it feels like they, at least it feels like they have been through a lot together. Like, all, all the characters at least have that going for them, character-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The script just doesn't support it. So, do they, ha- do Milo and Morbius, are they, can they get hurt? 
Yes, but they do have healing powers. Okay. You do see Michael does get hurt. Okay, so yeah. like, to what extent can they get hurt? Well, they dodge bullets. So, okay. Which So whether that's just a natural reflex for okay. them, like, you know, oh my God, a bullet. Right. That's the echolocation. But no, no, I'm, I'm saying like, is it a reflex to just dodge bullets? Because like, we all know bullets hurt. Or is it because they know that they can be hurt by bullets? Now, the reason I ask this is because at the towards the end, both of them fall off of a building mm-hmm. and hit the ground. Mm-hmm. And both of them are okay. Is that one of their abilities? It could be a durability. Th- it's just like if a regular person punched Superman, they'd probably break all their hands. Right. But if another person with Superman's powers punched Superman... They'd hurt Superman, okay. so it might be something along those lines, and that's tip. That's that's comic book one hundred and one. So it sounds like you need to know a lot of comic book stuff in order to understand a lot of the things. No, you going need on. to have just seen a comic book movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true too. Can he control bats? At the end, apparently, okay. in the comics, he can too. Okay, can he talk to bats? No. Okay, because at some points he does seem to like communicate. He he does them? say he he get he develops some sort of yeah. bonds with them. And I mean, but bats talk to each other using echolocation just like dolphins do. So, does he have dolphin powers? Yes. Okay, then. Why does the music sound like Hans Zimmer's The Dark Knight? Because it's a bat. I was going to say, because they're stealing some of the bat scenes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Why? Here's a big question. Why does the movie end? Because it's over. Like, all this... I don't know if you felt this way, but... It All is, of a it sudden, a it just ending, ends. Yes. It ends, and I'm like, and the credits roll. I'm like, wait, that's it? Oh, you want more? No, please. <laughs> I just didn't know why it ended. I got no answer for that. Movie's got a movie. What about Anna? Now, both of you are looking at me like, who the hell is Anna? Anna's the little girl. Ah, very good. Anna yeah. is the little girl. She's still in that so coma. So he visits her a few times. Is yep. she all right? No. The last we, the last we see, she is still alive. Okay, what's even wrong with her? I don't same blood disease. <laughs> Are you serious? Probably. Oh, you're oh, probably. You're, no, that, oh, you're guessing. guessing. Oh, no, I, th- I work, thought that... they work in a hospital. Do I, I? I don't really think I. Need... So it's a hospital for that one blood disease. No, it's just it's. I just thought it was a regular hospital or a research center. Okay, just kind of like how all those kind of like where he grew up almost. Okay. Uh, Rare disease or something like that. So let's take a minute now and talk about Michael Keaton. Why is he top billed? Because he's Michael Keaton. Because he was supposed to be in the movie? Okay. Because if you go on IMDb, he has second billing after Jared Leto. Really? Yes. Did that happen in the credits too? I'd have to go back and rewatch. Then IMDb that can be edited by people (laughs) does not count. Maybe Michael Keaton edited it. Because Um, uh, the cast list that I got here... I don't see him. ...is Jared Leto, Matt Smith... Adria uh, Jor- oh, God, Arjana, okay. and then Jared Harris, Al Madrigal, Tyrese Gibson, I'm and then Michael Keaton as a cameo. If you go on to Morbius' yep, page. I, I'm going on to the IMDb page for Morbius. Top cast, he's not even on And there. he is... Not on there. Oh, they moved it. <laughs> because it, it wasn't right. As of, as of yesterday, he was right next to Jared Leto, and now Matt Smith is right next to Jared Leto. So, yeah, they bumped him down. Okay, Mar- so Marlon Brando got top, bill- that one. got top billing um, in Superman. <laughs> okay, so Adrian Toomes shows up he, in, the, in the credits mm-hmm. in two scenes. The first one, he comes out, he, he, he reappears in his jail cell, but now he's from a different universe, which, okay, fine. I get that. Yeah. I, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Why not? Oh, all right. So I'll, I'll defend fair parts of this movie. I do. There's plenty in this movie that I do enjoy. It's not a great movie, but 
they did the same thing that that irked me so much about Spider-Man No Way Home with Venom, where it made right. no sense, no sense for them to be slipping between worlds based mm-hmm. on the rules that were established by Doctor Strange himself. People, I mean, it didn't even make sense when Doctor Strange explained it. People who know Peter Parker as Spider-Man right. are coming into this world. And then there's Electro going, man, I thought you'd be black. Like, he didn't know who Spider-Man was. Yeah. So the rules were established and then very quickly... Jettisoned. For funsies. <laughs> for for the rule of cool, right? Because yeah. the rule of cool is always number one. If it looks cool, if it is cool, it's going to be in my movie. That's just the rule of cool. And... My problem with this is there's no reason why Adrian Cho- Adrian Toomes should have been transported mm-hmm. to this world, just like how there was no reason Venom, according to their rules, should have been transported there and back. But so it, it made no sense okay. that Adrian Toomes was transported to this world, except for the fact that Sony has such a, a desire to make their Sinister Six mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, they do. So uh, my thing is, I think eventually we will get something that explains this not if no one goes to see this movie i i think we still will possibly it's more morbius in uh in a sensor six movie. yeah but i i think we will get some explanation as to venom and adrian tombs so do doing we... these things because there's got to be somebody else pulling the strings do we think spider-man exists in this universe no I don't. I do. I do. Because in a way, I feel like, A, you have Venom, who knows Spider-Man. And he's in the same universe as Morbius. So he's got to be in here. Why we don't see him? Because it's in New York City. Who knows? And again, we don't know when this movie actually takes place. Because maybe this takes place during No Way Home at some point. Well, we do know with know? the sky happening that yeah. way, that that is happening during No Way Home. Yeah. During the ending of it. Right. Yeah. So I, I wonder if that's how Adrian Toomes comes in, which I still don't get because how does he have his vulture? That is my so, next right. question. Right. Is because is his flight suit is based on Chitari the, technology there's and there's fan. no tech there's no Chitari technology in this. I'll throw out my the fan Go theory ahead. the running fan theories that they are in the amazing Spider Man world. First and foremost, because the Daily Bugle exists. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and when the Vulture mentions Spider-Man by name, Morbius isn't like, "Who's Spider-Man?" Like he he, he doesn't flinch at the name, like, or he doesn't have any questions. Well, about he doesn't the names. have any reaction at all. Yeah. So, yeah. which makes me also wonder if they just redubbed all of his lines because it's not Michael Keaton; it's Michael Keaton. Right, and it, it definitely sounds like AV, AV. What is it? ADR, I think is the yeah. term. Yeah. So. The running fan theory also is that in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, when Mr. Fix, I think, is in there, or I don't even know, <laughs> um, is walking through the hallway of villains, there is a vulture right. suit back there. Okay. So some people are theorizing that, Okay. yeah, it doesn't look the same, but... All right, so now, uh, why, why would he contact Morbius? Sinister Six movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only explanation. That's the only reason. Okay. Because he, he, all he says is, I've been reading about you. I don't also, know what he's been reading. In all honesty, well, he, he, just, uh, he just appeared in this Daily world, Bugle, so he's clearly. looking at the most recent news, probably. Okay. How would he know to contact Morbius? How did Morbius get a car? We can kill ourselves with uh-huh. bad script writing. How would he know how to contact Morbius? He used smoke signals. Technology. <laughs> Technology. Movie. Also, 
Adrian Toomes is not dumb. Like he's he's a smart guy. He was never like the brains brains behind right. his operation, like the the mechanical brains. But and then he says we should team up, which is like what five year olds say to one another. It's what they tried in Amazing it, Spider-Man two at the very end with Harry Osborn. That's what Captain America says too. Mm-hmm. He says we should team up. I'm sure at some point. <laughs> I'm sure at some point. <laughs> so my point with these questions is that I walked away from this movie going, I don't know what I saw. I don't know how why people did the things they did in this movie. I don't know how things connect. And even after talking to you guys with these questions, I, I know a couple more things, but I still don't know a lot. Do you feel you have a similar reaction to this film? No. I just thought it was a bad script. Okay, in what sense? It's not well put together, and it doesn't explain enough. In all honesty, like you, it's not good when the audience just has to make assumptions mm-hmm. and has to go on their own intuition. But it's also you can go too far the other way where they spoon feed you nothing but exposition. Right. It's hard to find that balance. Some movies do it really well; others do not. This movie was an example of just good ideas, good cast, really bad execution, and this the eternal Sony problem of wanting to create their cinematic universe. But I expected so much more from Daniel Espinoza, the director of such great films as Snaba Cash and Life and Safe House and Child 44. Why I don't judge any director based on their previous stuff. I judge them based on what I'm watching because <laughs> there are plenty of directors that have great track records and then make a really crappy movie. Mm-hmm. Chloe Zhao's Eternals was a crappy movie. I will I will concede that it it, it could have been better. Yeah, and but that's not a statement about yeah. Chloe Zhao at all. No, because unfortunately with this movie specifically, the same problem we had with all the Venom movies is it's not it's not a lack of creative talent. It's studio interference. Mm-hmm. And just bad scripts. And, and speaking of scripts, I don't know. Did you guys look up who wrote it? It was someone named Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless, whose previous credits include Gods of Egypt, The mm-hmm. Last Witch Hunter, Dracula Untold, and Power Rangers. See, I liked Power Rangers, and I like the 2017 Drac- movie. Yeah, you can definitely tell it's them. Then they got this, the same vibe. <laughs> yeah, but and I also liked. Oh, what was the other one you mentioned? Uh, Dracula Untold. Yeah, Last, Dracula Untold was, Last Witch was, wasn't bad. Last Witch Hunter was now. Was I, not I good. should point out that Dracula Untold is the first movie in the dark universe by Universal that bombed and completely. It didn't the, bomb. It was the first stake in the corpse of the dark universe with the mummy being the second stake. Well, the the mummy has the same problem this movie has, where oh, it's yeah. like, look at our bigger universe. I've never look, seen mm-hmm. it, yeah. It, it's very bad with the, look at these things that we have. Look at the, we're going to do all these things. Look at all these references, 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 yeah. references. Whereas, like, the, the problem this movie has is it really just had a bad script. Like, and it was just really poorly put together. And I I think that's, again, a Sony problem because Sony tends to work by committee rather than visionary. Like like, Warner Brothers has the same problem. Oh, yeah. I think think with Sony, too, it's they're trying to find that diamond in the rough when it comes to their writers and their directors. Because I I could be wrong, but I don't know any big name directors at the at the time at least that they created one of these kind of like Sony slash MCU movies. Not none come no, to mind. No. And for the record, Dracula Untold made two hundred plus million dollars on a seventy million dollar budget. I'm guessing that is international, though. It's total. 
Okay, yeah, because because things like that, like I, like things like Morbius and things like Dracula Untold and Last Witch, Witch Hunter, we'll those things will do overseas. Yes, exactly. Here it will be loathed, but overseas in a lot of countries, they they like their visual flair, their American visual flair movies, which is why we get a lot of these big budget disaster films that script wise are terrible, mm-hmm. but have spectacle to them. Rob, so, I have a question for you, please. I challenge you to name something you liked about this movie. Don't say the end credit. To be fair, it did. I did need some time okay. to think about all right, it. All right, all right. Do you have something? Oh, I, I mentioned it before with the echolocation with the ears okay. and like the ridges or follicles moving. I thought it was a really cool visual. Okay, I I was not against the like sped up bullet time esque kind of. I mean, it, it was derivative in the sense that it was from you know other better movies. But I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. I, I liked yeah. that that sort of the dodging the bullets and everything. I will say that I, although he was terrible, I do like Matt Smith a little bit better now. He, he was like I, and that, actually this was a problem I had with Jared Leto. I didn't feel like he was committing to the role, and I read somewhere in an interview that he yep. said. I feel, I feel like Michael Morbius was very much like me, so I didn't have to do like my deep method acting. Method acting. Yep. And so I, I think Michael Morbius, for me, was very bland. And Matt Smith was, at least when he was on screen, it was interesting. I don't think they knew what to do with him. I, you know what? I think they this movie knew what to do with Matt Smith more than a lot of other movies. Like, I just saw him in Last Night in Soho, and it was... It's a good movie, but he he was kind of sinister at times, and I don't I didn't really like it. This one, at least, he was like just like a drunkard having a good time and just slashing everything in his way. So I appreciated that. And he's gonna be in a House of the Dragon. Yes, I did see his one. He's a Targaryen. Yeah. yeah. Ronnie, something you liked about the movie besides the echolocation stuff? Anything else? Hmm. That joke that we all thought was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the, yes, the the joke that Rod, Rodriguez, right? Uh, yeah, I think right. Is that was that his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah, the joke about no, you just stand there, I'll go do the work, or you know, yeah. I don't remember the exact quote, but I, that's pretty much it. And he yeah. says it to Tyrese, which yes. is a fairly accurate assessment of what Tyrese is doing <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, I, I think again, Tyrese was, I think, just to get a name and a face get that associated. Tyrese. And yeah. again, these are people that play big overseas, like people mm-hmm. overseas would, because he's in the Fast, Fast and, and Furious, Furious movies, right? Yes. Yeah. And he, I think he's been in like the Transformers movies too. Yes, he has been. Um, yep. So like they left rec- cheek, left cheek. Yeah, they recognize him internationally. They might not understand what he's saying other than in the subtitles, but yeah. they they're like, oh, I like that guy. Yeah. And it, and you know what he he's always like the comedic relief, and then this he was more very serious of this. like a yeah. the serious person. And it goes back to if you remember, we were talking about Birdman. Where you had those Japanese investors in the room, and they just want him to make another Birdman because mm-hmm. that's what they liked. You know, they they they. It's a product, and it it almost kind of felt Sony-ish in Birdman yeah. too. Yeah. Paul. Paul. I liked first and foremost. I liked some of the visuals. The I, I actually liked the color trails. I thought they were. This movie had a surprising amount of color, and I didn't think it was going to. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be very dark and very drab the entire time. But the purples, the you know, even the use of red in a lot of the scenes, I, I thought it was interesting. It was, it was a good visual flair, especially considering after Venom, which mm-hmm. was so yeah muted almost yeah. even carnage was muted and he's supposed to be bright red so that was one thing that i liked i liked the depiction like ronnie said of the echolocation and stuff like that because 
it's always interesting when you see the world from a perspective of a superpowered being. Because it's one thing, like, you get Captain America, and he's just, he's a really in-shape dude. Like, that mm-hmm. that's his thing. Mm-hmm. Like, people can relate to that to a certain degree. But, like, to see the world through the eyes of a superpowered individual is always just a really cool concept to me. Whether it's, you know, Superman's x-ray vision, or in this case, that sort of echolocation. You know, I used to play one of the Star Wars games, Knights of the Old Republic, and they had a foresight mm-hmm. where it would, oh, yeah. it, like, mm-hmm. you, everything else would get muted, but all the characters would have bright auras and if they were good it was blue if it was bad it was red and i was like that that's such a cool way and i love how i love seeing superpowers interact with different things and it's something we haven't necessarily seen before Mm -hmm. now and also it establishes some really good things with the vampires of the marvel universe because we do have blade coming up soon are these good the because morbius isn't a traditional vampire that's why he's called the living vampire he's not the the marvel vampire just like how blade is not a traditional vampire he's the daywalker so i'm curious to see when blade comes out if they're going to use any of this aesthetic for that or if these are going to be their own unique these are science vampires these are magic vampires you know which is Mm -hmm. fine like marvel's done that because now with moon knight you actually have the egyptian gods but then you have thor who's a space god yeah he's just an alien so uh, it's it's an interesting take, and I really also liked the the ticks that they would have, where mm-hmm. like especially you know Matt Smith goes full on vampire a lot just casually because mm-hmm. he's so embraced that side of him, but you see Morbius when he does when he has like those flares it's almost it's very restrained and it's very him still trying to hold it back. Two things. First of all, the, the this film reminded me of better films. Like I'll give you an example. The echolocation stuff reminded me of Daredevil. Where mm-hmm. on the show, where I just felt that they did it better there, but I wanted to mostly ask. But I'm going to argue though, because yeah. Daredevil only did one shot where they show his perspective of it, one shot in the entire series, and it's for a half, a, like a split second, where he's talking to Rosario Dawson, and you see it from his perspective, where I it's like sworn it was more, where it's like everything's on fire. That that's one shot. Okay, I guess it was so it stuck in my mind so much because it's, it's a great shot. Yeah, it's oh, great. <laughs> I agree, it's a great shot. But they only do um, it once in the entire series. I, now, this is something I don't have an opinion on, so I actually want your opinions on this. Was their CGI faces? Did it feel natural or was it distracting? I I didn't. It didn't bother me okay. because, in all honesty, it blended well enough. Because, like for for Michael especially, like I said, it was it wasn't like he just suddenly turned into the whole thing. It reminded me of the Hulk almost okay. uh, and Bruce Banner in Infinity War when yeah. like Hulk would kind of peek out almost. So it didn't bother me. We're we're so used to stuff like that nowadays. Okay. Was it natural for you? I, I felt like with Morbius. It wasn't as natural. Okay. But I, I see, you know, like Paul was saying with, with Milo's character, like it, like, cause it was such a s- slow progression, but it went full right away. Mm-hmm. While with Morbius, it was like in, out, in, out. And I think that's kind of where it was a little jarring. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But the end product was great. I think I think the shots of him in like full vampire mode were actually really good for the yeah. most part. And again, comic accurate. He, mm-hmm. that, he's, it's hard. Yeah, it's not I, an easy I, translation. I think yeah. if you take stills and snapshots of the film, you're like, oh, wow. Because I actually showed the trailer, the final trailer, to my film class. And they're like, this is the, right before – this is when all the critics came out. Which, by the way, we should point out that it is sitting, I believe, at 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it, right I think it made it up to 18%. I, I, it came down. It was at 18 and now wow. it's at 15. Well, that, that's <laughs> the critic – 16? That's, that's what it's the, at. Uh, the critic right review. Yeah. Apparently, the fan reviews have 64. been – 64. 
Okay. For Rotten Tomatoes again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if you look, though, on IMDb, it's sitting at, I think, 4.8. Average. No, average is like seven. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, I would yeah. think the middle number is average. No. Well, I see. I, I Well, if you're in school and you get a 48, you failed. But that's because there's a passing and failing grade mm-hmm. that's established. I mean, what the average is the, the, usually the middle. So, final thoughts on this film. Is Martina alive? Yes. N- as a vampire. As a vampire. I was going to say, as right. a vampire. She is an original character created. She is not. So, wait. So is she going to be the new big bad? Because she's no. going to be a okay, dead Okay, no, vampire? hold on. You just, my brain just popped. Because she, he bit her to save her life, right? No. No, she, she, she bit him. She, she, she drank the blood first. Because I remember from it was him. on her lips. Yes. And then yeah. he, he drained her to Why? be strong, to be strong enough. She said, so I want to give you a gift. And I, yeah. it was her. Okay, so she didn't die. She did, but she's come back as a vampire. So but you because don't she drank the blood of the vampire. And that's why she came back. And that's that is traditional back. vampire lore, right. that you drank the but blood of the vampire. That's not how he became a vampire, or Matt Smith became a vampire. They didn't have to die, so is she something different than them? Well, there, there so. are living vampires. She's a dead now vampire? He, now he's not, meaning Milo, but... We don't know if these kind of, how these kind of vampires can create new ones because it's the only example we get. If, right. I'm sure they're teeing it up for whatever sequel they may get, just like how in Venom Let There Be Carnage, the cop gets a symbiote at the end, and they don't explain it. Yeah. They're going to explain it in their next movie. That was just set up and just you know bait for the next movie, mm-hmm. which may, probably won't even happen. Well, yeah. Well, so right now, I, I read something earlier that said it pulled in like five point seven million on a Thursday night, and so yeah. that they're aiming right now for a forty to fifty million weekend. I mean, there were people in the theater. That. It wasn't yeah. packed, but there yeah. were people there. You know, and, so. and we went. I mean, it's early-ish. it's it's Marvel, and it's horror always opens well. Like that's that's usually a, a thing, and then second weekend there's a big drop off with horror. So I'd be curious to see what second weekend looks like. It's for this. not going to be good. I mean, this movie has a seventy five million dollar budget. I'm curious to see what their what their marketing was. Usually, it's like fifty to sixty percent more than the budget, which is weird because this movie was supposed to come out two years ago. Yeah. So, like, the marketing is all messed up. Okay, for so it. I actually have a theory about the marketing because if you remember in the original trailer, we saw an image of Spider Man. That was that was on the wall, but that that entire scene wasn't in the movie. Right, it wasn't. I have a theory on that as to why. If you remember when this movie was being made, Sony was, I think wasn't letting out Spider-Man to Marvel and they had to renegotiate. Do you remember this time period? Yeah. And I think they thought they were going to have Spider-Man. Probably. And then when they renegotiated, they didn't, and so they had to cut it I from think the movie. a lot of the Spider-Man stuff and the No Way Home really had an impact on this movie, and we'll never know yeah. to what extent. But let's do Star City ratings and then wrap it up. Ronnie? Cheap breath. I'm going to give it a one. Oof. Yeah. At one out of five. One now, out of five. I have to ask you, is on your scale, is there a zero? There is Or is no- one the lowest? I would say the lowest I would go would be half. Okay. So there, there is no zero. So, so this is oh there's no zero. Because to me, a zero would be I completely hated there was nothing good about it at all. While like this one, there was like I said, the visuals I thought were pretty good. So that's why I'm go one, maybe one point five. I mean Okay. Okay. Rob, now I know, I okay. Let me say this first. I'm I give it a one and a half out of five, and here's why. Because and I know I joked about the painfulness of it. To be honest, 
it wasn't painful. It was just dull. It was boring. Like there was nothing to this and nothing. I like, I found myself scratching my head more often than I was like, Oh, I can't wait till this is over. So like for me, a one is a movie that is like, I'm angry that I watched it. I'm not angry. I just feel like my time was wasted and it could have been spent doing so many better things. Yeah. So for me, one and a half. Paul? I'm going to give it a two, potentially even a two and a half, because there, there's plenty I enjoy about this movie. And like I said, it, it I can't fault the actors. I can't fault any of that stuff because it's just a bad script. So if I'm going to fault anybody, it's going to be Sony and the script writers. But, you know, the actors do do fine with what they have that, with the material because there, there might be way more. I, I like to assume that there's way more that we just don't aren't going to ever see. But also, I think this movie, the character of Morbius would be a lot of fun with other characters. I don't need to see another Morbius movie, but I would love to see him in another character's movie. I would love to see him go toe-to-toe with Blade. It'd be a lot of fun Yeah, because it would also establish our... Uh, there's are their powers similar is blade different is morbius different is morbius unique among vampires is he more powerful than traditional vampires or are traditional vampires more powerful than him i'd love to see him interact with spider-man i think their powers would be a really fun contrast to each other so for me like this movie it's better for setup this would have been a better this should have been and i think sean um, yes. the co-host from cinematic adventures he said it this should have been a limited series like a disney plus series they could. Yeah, they, they, it would have been better. Yeah. So I, I, I happen to agree with him. So kudos to him on that one because it was a good point. Here's a damning statement from me. I would rather see Jared Leto as the Joker again than see him as Morbius, the yes. living vampire. Yes. Well, you, sure. and you know he, how I feel about Jared Leto Leto's yeah. Joker. I, 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 I just, was, I just love how he is in both the MCU and the DCU the worst characters. Yeah, I because at least I feel like with Joker he was. I didn't agree with what he was doing, but at least he was doing something. Yeah. And he was giving it a, a thousand percent. He really was. But maybe he learned. Maybe. maybe I was wondering that too. Did did he figure, you know what? I wasn't received well, so I'm going to dial it down. And he like auto-corrected the opposite way. Yeah. So yeah, that is Morbius. Uh, really quick before we wrap up, we have Fan Feedback Friday. And now that Morbius is out and apparently terrible, what Spider-Man character should get a film next? Let's see. Uh, our friend John from the uh, Hey Palace New Podcast, he wrote that uh, he would love to see them build uh, the Flash Thompson character. He would, he wanted he and I spoke personally, and he said a, a Disney Plus series with Flash Thompson would be a lot of fun. Be, with, yeah. with Flash trying to be like Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Spider-Man constantly having to save him. Is that in high school or college? Probably in college. So college, you know what that's giving me vibes of? Yeah. The Incredibles. How so? Syndrome. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Gotcha. yeah uh, let's see. Our friend Ryan said, doesn't matter as long as Sony doesn't make it. <laughs> uh, we got Black Cat. We got Spider Gwen. Mm. We got Green Goblin. And Ronnie agrees with Green Goblin. So he has a... Uh, cool. What was that? Ronnie agrees with it? No. Ronnie said it. Oh, uh, sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. I miswrote that. Karina agreed with it. Thank you. Uh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Thank you. Thank you. So we want <laughs> to credit. I'm eyes. <laughs> Shove that in your fun fact fanny pack. <laughs> yeah. There. Oh, there it is. The fun fact fanny pack. <laughs> We're gonna add that to the store. By the way, guys, if you didn't know, we added our brand new Misfit Fact. Our MF Uncensored hoodie is now live on our store. Mm-hmm. You can go to the MisfitFaction.com to find that. You'll also find links to all of our other shows, including Cinematic Adventures and MF Uncensored. And also, don't forget, guys, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Just type in Misfit Faction, and odds are. 
you're going to find your favorite misfits somewhere. So this was a lot of, this was more fun than the movie. <laughs> thousand percent. A uh, thousand percent. So as. Glad, I, glad we could do that for y'all. As always, I'm Paul. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Rob. And we'll be back in a flash. And I am Smorgasbord. See ya. Oh, I wasn't sure if there was more, so I just kept recording. <laughs> <laughs>